0: Hey, hey, Donna Price here. I am thrilled to have you joining me today for Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio, where we talk with incredible women making a difference in the world through their entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Donna Lynn Price with Compass Rose Consulting, and I'm thrilled to have you with me today. Today, we're talking with Barb Garrison, and we're gonna be talking about the inner work of entrepreneurship Barb is an incredible coach and entrepreneur herself. She's a career and money breakthrough coach and a job you love expert. And her company is Internal Groove that she founded 14 years ago. She helps burned out, success-driven professionals who are just going through the motions, design a career based on their truth that makes them leap out of bed even on Monday mornings. Barb supports corporate executives and entrepreneurs alike to move from self-doubt and burned out to relief and freedom. After 18 years in marketing and surviving corporate burnout herself, Barb combines her experience as a mentor, marketer, corporate director, consultant, and two-time entrepreneur with her passion for self-discovery. She has degrees in psychology and mass communications plus three professional coaching certifications informed by your natural gifts and highest truth barb is an expert at designing creative career solutions you might not see on your own Barb, welcome to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. I'm so thrilled to have you here today. And we're going to be talking about the inner work of entrepreneurship, which is so important to creating a thriving business and um, thriving professionally. So welcome. Thank
1: you. Thanks for having
0: me, Donna. I really appreciate it. Well, it's great to talk with you and have you here today. And So I want to just start off with defining, like, what do you mean by the inner work of entrepreneurship? Because we all know the doing work of, you know, service delivery and product creation and marketing, but what's that inner work? What do you mean by that?
1: Yes. You know, I think that's where most people are focused on the doing. And I think very often what they're missing is the inner work. So what I mean by inner work is that I find entrepreneurship is really a journey of self-discovery and it's an opportunity to grow through what i call your core life lessons and frankly what i've seen in the last 14 years of working with clients and i've had two of my own businesses um, that your business can only grow as much as you're willing to grow and when I say grow, you know, I really mean the, our, our mental habits, our emotional patterns, you know, the way we think about ourselves, the way we value ourselves, the way we don't value ourselves, how much of an advocate are we for our vision, you know, are we more committed to our self-doubts than we are our vision some of those types of of challenges that, you know, are human. There's no question about it. Um, But what I've seen is it stops entrepreneurs in their tracks because you can be doing all these things over here and things aren't working. And entrepreneurs can get burnt out very easily if they're not taking care of, you know, the other side of the equation, which to me is really internal and how we take care of ourselves.
0: Definitely. I always... um think about, like, when you get stuck, it's usually, like, yourself that gets in your way. Yes. Of (laughs) of that success. Um, And being an entrepreneur is definitely, in my experience, and what I've seen with clients, like, the biggest, um, uh, I'm not thinking of the right word, but personal growth um, is just part of being an entrepreneur. And, you're constantly learning and growing as an entrepreneur, or absolutely. so it feels like. <laughs> well, absolutely.
1: And I would actually go so far as to say that if you're not someone, who really thrives in a growing learning type of environment and is hungry for that knowledge and self-reflection, that being an entrepreneur may not be the right path for you. You know, one of the things I do with some of my clients, I call it take an x-ray for the entrepreneurial bone (laughs) because I really believe that we either have the bone or we don't have the bone. It's not good or bad, but we really need to know so that we aren't not only in the wrong environment, but we aren't feeling guilty about not fitting in the environment that we're in. And if we do have the entrepreneurial bone, it doesn't absolutely mean we have to start our own business, but it does mean we need to be in an environment that's very entrepreneurial where we can express those skills. And there's some very key habits and traits of entrepreneurs. And I would say one of them is the, the uh, almost insatiable desire to learn. Yeah, when you're comfortable in that world, um, entrepreneurship can be a blast because, you know, you get that every day.
0: <laughs> right. And I would guess that you need that entrepreneurial bone to be a CEO yes, of a company. Like exactly. When you're in that kind of executive leadership role, you need, it's the same thing. You need to be learning and growing, reflecting to really take your company to that new, next level or a new level.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I would say even what I call uh, businesses within a business. So, for example, real estate agents, you know, they often work with a company, but they really are their own rainmaker. They are running their own business, even though they're associated with a company Mm -hmm. and sales reps are often the same way. You know, they, they're, they're involved in a product or a service working for a company, but they do run their own business within a business. And I right. think any of those kind of people need to keep this in mind um, or it's going to be a slog.
0: <laughs> yeah. What do you see as um, tripping entrepreneurs up most often?
1: You know, I do think it's a series of um, patterns you know emotional mental patterns that they have the ones i see most often i think there's a a list of them a longer list but the ones i see most often are um self-doubt um not being your own best advocate uh not valuing yourself and that then leads to how do you price yourself how do you negotiate and when i say value yourself i also mean value the services you deliver or the product that you have to offer um also, I see a lot of comparison and that really trips up entrepreneurs where they're so busy, you know, they, they think it's like market research where they're so busy on everybody else's websites in terms of, you know, who's in their field. And I think it's a quick trip down the rabbit hole to do that. I really recommend, you know, it's one thing to, to get a little bit of reconnaissance when you're first starting out, but I think you lose your own voice if you don't stay focused on your vision, your voice, your lane, what you are here to do, your own mission. And so that comparison is um, very challenging for people. And you know, not only do they compare what someone else is doing to what they're doing, but also the speed in which someone is growing. And the thing is we make lots of assumptions based on external yeah. things, whether it's a post on social media or a website, we have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and so that's a, that's a big one. Another one that I see a lot is perfectionism Ooh. and not exclusively in the traditional way, but you know, by nature, being an entrepreneur is highly creative. I actually think it's one of the most creative things you can do, you know, not an artistic way. Like it's not like being a sculptor or a dancer, or a photographer or a painter, but in terms of creative problem solving, I mean, literally that's what we do all day long. Right. And, um, If you are too wrapped up in trying to get everything perfect without even knowing what your market wants or what's going to work for you or whether it's the right timing, you'll, you'll never get out of the gate and um, you, you hold yourself back, which, which sometimes has you, you know, sort of hiding out or playing small or not taking risks. And I feel like entrepreneurship, you have to be willing to try some stuff and not know for sure. Is it going to
0: work? Definitely. So are there specific, excuse me, habits that you've found are critical for entrepreneurs in being successful?
1: Definitely. I I actually have a list that I teach, a mastermind group that I do with entrepreneurs of 25 different ones. I'll just cover a few with you right now. Um, The, yeah, you're like, don't go (laughs) all 25. No, the first one I'm going to say is to be what I call all in, which is Ah. all in no matter what. Um, I see so many people sort of put one foot in and say, well, I'm going to give this a try and see how it works while they're still looking for a job on the side. And, yep. you know, listen, if, if it, it's required to pay the bills, that I get. I understand that. But mentally... You really have to be so wholeheartedly all in no matter what. Um, I, when I started this, this is my second business, but when I started that 15 years ago, 14 years ago, um, you know, one of the things I said is if I have to stand on a corner with a sandwich board, I will. Now, this was quite a while ago and long before yeah. we had as much technology as we have now, but literally I meant that when I said it. Luckily, I never had to do that. <laughs> yeah, Willing to do that to build the business, and right. I think that's what's most critical. So um, I I don't know if you want to jump in because I have a number of habits I want to share about, but I want to also
0: give well, you. Well, I I so agree with that. I um, I have a metaphor that happened in my own life that um, commit to the move where um, it's really about that being all in that mm-hmm. you. You know, if you're not fully committed to your business, you're just dabbling here and there. It's hard to make it really successful. Um, So tell us another one of the habits that on your list of 25.
1: Yeah. Another (laughs) one that I, I find is very effective is what I would call daily planning with yourself. And what I think is most important about this is to get really clear on the three, I call them HPAs for high potential actions that will move the needle on your business the most. And I say that because being an entrepreneur, you are never bored. And there is always a list 50 miles long. Your lists have lists, there's always stuff to do. And in fact, that's an easy way to get scattered. And you can end up doing lots of little tasks but really not be focused on the things that move your business the most forward. So I recommend in the evening when you're sort of closing up your desk or your computer and getting organized and putting things away um, before you wrap up your day, to just get a little one of those little two-by-two sticky notes Old school, old school, high tech sticky notes. And because there's just about enough room to write three things on there and not too much more and to write three things that will move the needle on your business and then put that actually on your computer screen so that when you sit down, you're not tempted to jump into social media or email first. And instead you focus on those three high potential actions first. Um, because if for whatever reason you get distracted, something happens, something unexpected, you have to run across town to a meeting. And if really all you do are those three high potential actions for the day, and if you do those every business day, you will absolutely grow your business.
0: Yeah. I like that. All right. Tell us one more.
1: (laughs) One more I call stand in the jello. And this is a bit of a funny metaphor, um, you know what i imagine is kind of a bathtub full of jello right made with you know regular old jello that we feed kids right yep. and if you imagine your your pants rolled up to your knees and you're barefoot and you're standing in the jello you know the jello feels kind of squishy kind of cold not all that comfortable but the jello isn't going to kill you and what most people think is, oh my God, this is uncomfortable. I need to run out of this jello. But if you if you think about it in this way, I, I get my clients laughing because it's like it's kind of silly. So it gets right. you to take yourself a little less seriously. And when you're trying something new, or you're stretching, or you're making a phone call to someone you feel a little intimidated by, or you're getting on stage for the first time, you know, just remember to stand in the jello. It's only jello. It's not going to kill you.
0: Oh, I love that. That's a Great metaphor and so visual so people can really picture that. Great. All right, so all in, daily planning, stand in the jello, three of the habits out of 25 that you yes. teach.
1: Yes.
0: So um what if what you're passionate about doesn't pay the bills?
1: Great question. Great question. So I will tell you, since we're talking about the inner work of entrepreneurship, even the nature of that question tells me that there's inner work to do because what I hear there is someone taking themselves out in advance of even knowing for sure. They don't know. And my belief is that anything can pay the bills, anything. But is that easy? Not necessarily. You have to be absolutely all in. And you have to be willing to try things. You have to be willing to test it out or uh, shift your market or shift a product or make adjustments or ask questions or have enough in, you know, funding your business, have a backup plan. Like it, it, it's, there's always, always a way. There's always a way. It might not be the easy way, but when someone asks a question like that, they're, they're already doubting themselves in advance. And I actually see this quite a lot where they say that, they decide, oh, well, that's not gonna pay the bills, so I better not start that business. Now, I do believe in some amount of market research, but I also know that you know, high enough levels of creativity and problem solving and stopping at nothing to make it happen, you can pay the bills.
0: It's um, such an interesting thing because I have a passion for cycling. And years ago I was in a group where it was like a networking group and we were doing like a, a woman was kind of leading a coaching session as part of the networking. And she said to me, why aren't you doing something with cycling? And I said just that because it's not going to pay the bills. Uh-huh. And right now I'm developing a plan to do it that would actually pay the bills. <laughs> so,
1: Excellent. You know, Excellent. But it,
0: sometimes it takes you like brainstorming and, and that creativity that we talked about earlier, you talked about earlier, of figuring it out. Yep. Um, yep. And it may
1: take longer. It, it may require a different kind of investment of time, energy, and money. But it can always be done. can always be done. And if yep. you take yourself out before you even start, then you might as well not even begin.
0: Right. And I think part of what you said earlier, another way that people take themselves out is when they're doing that research. And they say, Oh, there's too many people doing this already.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they say, You know, like, I'm not going to succeed because there's all these other people doing it. Um, I hear that, like, with um, writing a book, you know, Mm -hmm. like, somebody will have an idea for a book and they'll say, Well, there's all these other books. Mm -hmm. And I just keep saying, There's always room for that one more because you're different and you're going to attract those people that are attracted to you or your message or your service or whatever it is. But it's that um, goes back to that self-doubt and not valuing um, yourself. That exactly. You know,
1: and there's only one you, literally on this entire yeah. planet, there's only one you. So nobody's going to do things exactly the way you do them. Nobody has the exact same you know, chemistry with a client or a customer as you yeah. would, because there's only one you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So really figuring out how to value yourself is important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are some of the ways that you work with people on doing that, um, that inner work so that they're kind of overcoming that self-doubt or the not valuing? of themselves?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's often the first place I start when I'm coaching clients um, because most people come to me thinking their problems are outside of themselves. You know, like I have the wrong market. I'm not in the right business. I hate my boss. My team is not doing their job, you know, etc. Like, you know, yeah. city officials so, or- It's a long it. list. <laughs> it's a long list of everything outside of yourself. And I call those things the what's. And I find that the challenges around what's are only about 20% of the story. I find the other 80% is what I call how, which is how you bring yourself to what you do. And so it's always the first place that I start. So I, I sort of start from the inside and then work out. We do eventually get to those external things, yep. but many of them disappear once you've done some of the inner work to get clear. And so we take them one at a time. You know, We look at what are the habits and patterns that are tripping you up. And you know, very often people aren't even aware that they have habits or patterns. They, they say, oh, well, that's just me. Well, it's not just you. No baby is born with, you know, the ability to be self-doubting. That's not how the world works. You know, no baby is born with the need to be comparing themselves to others. It's not a personality trait. It's a habit. And we start those habits sometimes when we're very young, based on whatever conditioning we had or our primary situations with our primary caregivers. And I'm not saying people are bad parents, but Sometimes we learn to cope in a family environment based on what gets us the most um, validation or the most attention or the most love. And so then we continue to do those sorts of things. And, you know, you wake up, but you're 35 years old or 40 years old or. 45 years old. And you're like, this is not working for me anymore. So we really dig into like some of the sources of those. It's not therapy. We don't go into the whole why of it, but we touch on, you know, what, What is the first time you remember doubting yourself and we go back and look and oftentimes people will come up with some memory They were six or seven and then we look at well How did that come about and then we start to see the patterns that evolve over time? They get reinforced in school. They're reinforced in you know, maybe romantic relationships young in life and things like that And so it's a very customized type of work um, to get clear about it. But I, I think it's important to first identify what is the primary pattern that trips you up the most. Yep. Um, you know, so I've mentioned probably five, six, seven of them. I'll, I'll give you a few others. One is um, always hurrying and never being present, like always pushing to the next thing, but not fully being present with where you're at and what you're working on and completing things where you already are. Um, worrying, excessive worrying. People use their creativity in an unproductive way, I find. People who are big worriers are highly creative. And -hmm. the good news is entrepreneurship is very creative. So what they need to do is redirect the creativity in, I'm going to say, making up stories about what could happen and redirect that into actually using that creativity in your business rather than the what ifs.
0: Oh, I love that. I'm a. I can go the what if way. Yes, I like that redirect.
1: <laughs> yes, that's, that's creativity
0: great. overused. Yes, I always think that with patterns, I think of it kind of um, like in the dynamic of a family, um, that like a dance, and as soon as you change one step or one piece of the pattern, like that affects the whole pattern. Yes. And and so by creating new habits, you know, like the daily planning, you start interrupting those older patterns, I would think.
1: Absolutely. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest patterns that I help people interrupt is the way that they speak to themselves inside their head. Ah, yeah. That um, language that we use against ourselves is so, it's so powerful. And it's almost like a hypnosis, like we're constantly training ourselves on certain thoughts that aren't productive. And so one of the first things I do is help people get clear about the things that they say. Now, one of the things I do in my sessions is I record all the sessions for them to listen back to because very often they will hear some of their own language that they never really realized that they had. And so the two tools that I use with that one is reframe that based on how you would give advice to your best friend based on this situation yeah. because much of that language nobody would say to anybody they cared about ever
0: well if you heard somebody saying it to your kid you would step in and intervene
1: yes you'd if say not no slug them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't talk to my child like that exactly exactly but we allow ourselves to talk to ourselves like that it's yes and we don't intervene but yes to say you know the rubber band on your arm or whatever it is to interrupt that and say no that's not okay
1: yes yes one of the things we do in our household which i love you have to be kind of old enough to get this metaphor but like the old um you know cassette tape decks where when you were rewinding you heard the tape going like backwards so we always if we catch each other saying something that isn't um empowering to to ourselves, we'll say, do you want to rewind that? And we actually make the other person say, (laughs) and then you say it again (laughs) in in a more empowering way. And so it becomes kind of a fun, funny kind of way to look at it, um, you know, that that helps you rewire it. Um, The other thing I find that's really effective around that is to start daily celebrating what you are proud of. And a practice that I recommend is five things at nighttime to just make a mental list, like just as you're getting into bed or maybe while you're brushing your teeth, um, those few minutes, you could just take a few minutes that you're like in bed, but you're not asleep yet. Yeah. And you're just kind of reviewing your day and you come up with five things that you feel proud of. And they can be tiny things. They don't have to be some huge monumentous award or you know, I got a hundred clients or something like that. Tiny things, it could be, they show up to a meeting they were nervous about feeling more confident or being their own best advocate, like something small. And it's not in any one thing that makes the difference. It's really the practice of doing that every day, consistently over time.
0: Definitely, definitely. Because I think often um, people don't acknowledge their own accomplishments.
1: Yes, yes. Or Um, what I see even more often is, they think of accomplishments as these big, huge things, you know, it's like getting a degree, you know, hitting a certain milestone in their business. That's like a huge number. And to me, it's really about, that's why I actually specifically don't say accomplishments. I say things I'm proud of because it might even be like, You showed more patience when you were standing in line at the grocery store when there was a long line and the cashier was getting uh, overwhelmed or something like that. Because when you're practicing patience there, you can also practice patience with your team or in your business or with your clients. And that's still a skill.
0: Definitely. Definitely. So what do you see as the most effective ways to grow your business as an entrepreneur? (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, I, I laugh at that because most people think what I'm going to say is, you know, write a blog, do a website, speak, la, 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 you know, all these reasons. <laughs> okay. And actually, I'm not going to say any of those. What I'm going to say is the most effective way is what's fun to you and what's in alignment with who you are based on your skills. You know, a, a lot of, um, you know, coaching gurus out there are things, you know, they, they think there's like one way. To, to do this yeah. right. and i think there's thousands of ways to do things right. the key is discovering what is the way that's right for you. and right. again that requires some self discovery. Yeah. you know what what really works in in your toolbox based on skills you have and not just skills you have because sometimes we have skills that are not our favorite like i will give you an example i happen to be really good with money and numbers and i often in a prior business i had i ended up being kind of like the the chief financial officer and i was miserable in that and it's not that i'm not good at that and i don't use it now Right. but there was a whole other side to me I didn't get to explore. So you really want to look at what is it that's really fun to you? Like what doesn't feel like work? What just feels fun?
0: Yeah. That's great. So what frustrations do entrepreneurs come to you with most often? Like what's the biggest frustration you're seeing? Yeah,
1: so many of the things that I already mentioned, some of those, you know, patterns that aren't working. Yeah. Um the way it usually shows up is not necessarily saying, Oh, well I have patterns that aren't working. What'll happen is they'll come and they'll be burnt out. They'll be just exhausted and they feel like they're, you know, banging their head against a wall, trying to get their business to grow. And, you know, it's interesting because what they think we're going to do is like focus in on, you know, tactics and strategies for their business. And while we do eventually get to that, we first look at personal emotional patterns and, um, It's so interesting to me because after I work with someone for a little bit on those things, all of a sudden their income starts growing up, going up. And we haven't done anything different that's external. Now, yes, we will go and tweak some of those things and look and see which things work and what's not working. But by looking really at how you bring yourself to your business, that's one of the greatest ways to improve your your revenue.
0: Definitely. I like that. The way you bring yourself to that business. Mm Mm-hmm very powerful. Mm-hmm. So what have you learned? We just have a couple minutes left. So what have you learned in the process of being an entrepreneur yourself?
1: Well, I will say pretty much everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> because I well certainly I have I have three coaching certifications. I, um, I definitely integrate things that I learn. And as a coach, one of my philosophies is be the kind of coach that I would want to have. And mm-hmm. so I'm always learning and growing and try to be 10 steps ahead of my clients. So as my clients grow, I have to still keep growing to stay ahead of them and and. To be able to offer them, you know, support in a way that meets them where they are. I've been doing this work for 14 years, and I can tell you, I'm not doing it the same way today um, that uh, I was 14 years ago. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the all-in, the jello, the uh, you know, daily planning, um, you know, valuing yourself, the all of that are things that I've learned for myself are critical components of um, growing the business. I think the other thing to also Um, share that there's no perfect business. There's only the perfect business for us. And I think you want to be constantly molding it and tweaking it so that it fits for you. And that's not a set it and forget it type of thing. You yeah. know, what worked for me 14 years ago is a little different than what worked for me five years after that and today. So yeah. I make adjustments based on what works for me, my, my life, my personality, my energy, you know, my health, the things I'm passionate about. And so it's something you want to keep vis- revisiting and keep evolving.
0: Definitely. I love that because business is a definite evolution as you move along. And you can evaluate like what's working and what's not working or what you like and what you don't like. Yes. Because you might create something that you end up not really liking.
1: Exactly. Or, or, excuse me, something that you really, really liked 10 years ago and you've done a lot of that and now you're ready for something new. And that's okay.
0: Definitely. So how do people get in touch with you? What's the best place for them to find you and be in touch and...
1: Yes, well, I actually have a gift for your listeners. Oh, great! And so this answers that question as well. If they go to MondayMorningLeap.com, MondayMorningLeap.com, okay. they will um, be able to get a weekly tip or strategy every Monday morning um, that really are the most frequently asked career questions, and also these will really dramatically change your week or your Monday morning. And so it's a great little a tiny nugget, you know, it's everything is going to be under five minutes, might be an audio or a video or an article, but it's going to be just a few minutes. And it will give you an assignment to work on something during the week. So um, I encourage everyone to do that. And as you get more of those, you'll also be invited in to reach out to me and to have an opportunity to talk to me. And so it sort of gives them a gift and an opportunity
0: to reach out. Oh, great. That's beautiful mondaymorningleap.com that'll be in the show notes below so you can just click on the link and Barb's um, company is Internal Groove and um, I encourage people to reach out to her and get some Monday morning tips and strategies for doing some of that inner work themselves and take advantage of the different things that Barb offers as you receive those emails So Barb, thanks so much for being here on Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. I think that um, you've given people a wealth of things to think about and um, incorporate into their entrepreneurship.
1: Excellent. I'm so glad. It was great to chat with you, Donna.
0: Thanks. Thanks for joining me today on Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. I hope you have gained some great insights for your entrepreneurship or your professional career. Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio is hosted by Anchor.fm, but you can also find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Pocket Casts. So please visit your favorite podcast site, and subscribe to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. We'd love to have you as a regular listener. I'm your show host, Donna Price, and you can pick up our new Visionary Womenpreneurs field guide at visionarywomenpreneurs.com. I hope you have a great day.